Hello, hello, hello. We are live in studio again with Common Sense Uncensored. And I'm going to warn everybody, I'm a little wired today because of some stuff that I've been picking up off the news feeds that, quite frankly, just ain't right. So hang on, it's going to be a bumpy ride. But I would like to make sure that I introduce my guest, Ms. Jean Gullix. And she is a counselor extraordinaire in Grand Forks, North Dakota, and she spends a lot of time working for kids. Would you just give me a real quick synopsis? I know you've been my guest before, but we might have some new people. Well, I'm Dr. Jean Gullix. I'm a child development specialist, mental health specialist, and I've been doing counseling and working with children and their parents and some adults for almost 40 years. So you understand the inner workings of what's been going on with our public school system and and the various changes that have occurred. And I was a teacher for 20 years, and you got 20 more years on me. So (laughs) I think together we're going to have a really stirring conversation. And one of the things that I'd like to start with today is something that, uh, quite frankly, got me a little wild, and that is the uh, AMA, the doctors of our wonderful United States, have just come out with a recommendation on obesity in children. And one of the things that they said they want to work with is they want to, at the age of 12, of course, if you're going to have, uh, if you're going to declare your child obese, that they'll do the nutrition counseling and, and talk about exercise. But they want to have the ability to put them on diet medication. And then from the age of 13 through the teenage years, they also want to have the ability to do bariatric surgery, which is, of course, where they're banding the stomach or cutting the stomach down and everything else. And I'm wondering uh, exactly how you feel about that new medical thing that we've just decided is perfect for our kids today? Well, I am a nurse practitioner also, and I am not in favor of that. There are supplements that are safe. There is exercise and nutrition. Bariatric surgery doesn't work on adults. I don't think a child 12, 13, 14, even up to age 18 or 20, have any idea what they're getting into. I know more people that have gained their weight back than have been successful, plus it depletes nutrients, which these kids are developing their brains. They're growing fast. They need nutrients. Well, and I I also have friends who who have had the surgery done, and the dietary restrictions and what they have to do for a schedule of eating and the fact that their stomach's about the size of a thumb and there's a lot of problems with eating disorders coming on after yes. that because they eat and then throw up. And that's a problem anyway as a, as a teenager with all the stress and everything else. So this to me, and again, this is I'm just going to give my opinion and then you can give yours, which is this to me is just the pharmaceuticals and the medical industry making another grab at money. Well, it's certainly a grab at defeating children. Because they're not, these kids are not going to have the brain development. They're not going to reach their full potential. Their education is going to be, it's already suffering. It's going to be harder for them to catch up. Um, I saw an article today about obesity equals racism. Oh, yeah. I heard that too. Yes. So now children who are obese are on the hook. (sighs) Along with those who are a little bit different. I, you know... I just I just shake my head nowadays at, at what we've become. And what even makes me more upset is we're teaching this uh, with, with the white privilege, with the critical race theory, and with the other things. Now we're going to be teaching all of these other problems. Growing up's rough as it is without having all of these, in my mind, adult constructs right. placed upon a child's brain and back. And they, can't, they don't even know what it's about. They're being taught things that their brains can't even comprehend. And when you look at the schools and the transgender and the LGBTQ, these kids, these grade school kids, probably the middle school kids, really don't have any idea what that means. And so they get pushed into these after-school clubs or whatever. And now it's cool to be trans. It's not so cool to be straight. Um, And it's very, very damaging. I have seen some of the books that are in the libraries. Oh, yeah. Um, Grand Forks Public Library had a drag queen story hour. The books are graphic pornographs, pornography. Um, And if you're in third grade or less or a little bit more and you are exposed to even line drawings of these sexual toys and positions, and it's, it's just... 
Well, I know they're teaching it them in, at age five. Yes, it starts in kindergarten. I mean, what the hell? <laughs> and, and kids are not supposed to be comfortable in their bodies when they're 12 no. to 16 or 17. They're supposed to be figuring out who they are. Well, you know, let's, let's go back to that, too, because I'd like to bring up something else that really, <laughs> to use a well-worn phrase, triggered me. Uh, and that is the Canadian government is being urged to delay plans to introduce assisted suicide for the mentally ill and children. And by a mentally ill, depressed and stuff. And what they're doing is they're talk, targeting kids as young as 12. And uh, what they're also classifying when they go mental illness, they're, they're classifying these 12-year-olds as mature minors. Uh, and uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I know, mature minors. And they're, they're, they're targeting people that are depressed. In fact, uh, just in 2021, the Canadian government, in my words, put to death because they assisted suicide and euthanasia with 10,064 people, many of whom were simply depressed because of the lockdowns that had been put in, and they described themselves as suffering from loneliness and isolation. Well, that pretty much describes a teenager's life. Yes. So what the hell are we trying to do to these kids? We're trying to get rid of kids, apparently, in many, many different ways. Um, Assisted suicide at 12, that's insane. I have many, many patients that are, well, they're age four to 85. Yep. And depression and anxiety is not a permanent state, but it is being induced daily by the news, by the, the fear of COVID again, by the lockdowns, by the online classes, the lack of socialization. It, it, just, it just blows my mind that we are so callous. I believe when I, when I actually sent you the article on the suicide, I, my actual phrase was, these people have no souls. And to look at someone who is depressed for whatever reason and think that the best thing for them is assisted suicide is bad. But when I'm looking at a 12-year-old or, or a 13-year-old who may be depressed because they have acne, mm-hmm. uh, they, they're overweight, they're not popular this year. Next year, they may be extremely right. popular, but they're not going to get a chance to get to next year. And if they don't get a response on their, on their um, phones, an immediate response, they don't have friends, they get depressed. This is all temporary. And we've spent... Millions and millions of dollars on mental health coalitions to help people who are depressed not to commit suicide, that there is hope. You know, and, and speaking of hope, where's God? Yeah. He, he is here, he's present, but they're not being taught to look to something bigger than themselves. I, I think Satan's on the loose. Well, I got to tell you, the, the first thing that everyone brings up is separation of church and state, but I always, it, it's a joke, but it, it, it wasn't really. I always used to, when I was handing out tests, I would have always look at my class and go, if you don't think there's prayer in school, I said, as I'm handing out these tests, let me clue you, there's a lot of praying going on in this classroom. And of course, everybody would laugh, but they'd go, yeah, you're right, Kit, because it, it, it's, it's impossible Right. To separate spirituality and the, the, the love of life and the, agree, the belief that it will get better. Right, right. To me, it, it, this, this, well, take a pill, uh, have, have surgery, off yourself. We have the solution for you, and it has nothing to do with yourself or other people in your yeah. life or much less God. And the parents don't know. I don't know if the parents aren't reading, if they're not looking at the news, if they're not talking to the teachers, going into the schools and seeing what's on the on the walls as you walk down the hall. The parents are shocked when I tell them what's going on. Well, I, I watch um, TikTok videos and stuff of actual teachers who are proudly telling everybody about how they're discussing um, sex and everything else with their grade school kids, how they think it's just so powerful when a student goes, I think I'm a boy today, Miss Gardner. And she says, oh, aren't you the best child? I mean, yeah. And now we've got another thing that's come up, which, of course, is the furries, which are real, and uh, where, where people are identifying as, as dogs or cats or whatever of the flavor of the month is. And I am severely worried that our children, especially when they're subject to this seven hours a day, five mm-hmm. days a week, 
in that type of environment are being led down a road that they will not be able to return from. And there's some proof of that already. Can you tell me about that, please? So since, since well, it's, it's gone on since the 90s. It came to light during the lockdowns because the kids were at home online and parents heard mm-hmm. and saw some of what was going on in the classrooms. But the kids that are exposed to that are kids that have low self-esteem, anxiety and depression are through the roof compared to when I started my career, even compared to five years ago. Um, part of that social media, not having real friends, not having real conversations. Um, this exposure to, to, you don't know who you are, but I know who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, you're really a boy in a girl's body, and so we've got to take care of that, and then not telling the parents. <sighs> I know a gal who just pulled her 16-year-old from one of the local public school high schools because a 13-year-old came up to her and said, I just had an abortion and I'm not feeling good. My mom and dad don't know. Now, there was an adult involved there somewhere. Absolutely. And so that's physical and mental damage that she's not going to recover from. First of all, she defied her parents. Second of all, she has to hide it. Then the devastation of knowing later on in life, if not right now, that she took the life of a child. Um. I, I, I just... How can they read and write? They can't. No, I was just going to say, you know, you've, you've, you've only got so many hours in a day to do reading, writing, English, etc. And then they pack all this other stuff in. Something's getting lost. And from what I saw during my 20 years of teaching college, it was the basics. I got kids that had graduated from high school who couldn't read, write, do basic math. And quite frankly, uh, I would say their reading was at fifth grade level. Not even... And, and now it's not even. Can you have some statistics for me, please? I do. There, there's a national. This is a national exam that's given in January to February of 2022. Okay. So fourth, 450,000 fourth and eighth graders. So a nice sample. Big sample in more than 10,000 schools in the United States took these exams. There were setbacks in almost every state. So... Part of that's reaping the, the results of the lockdowns. Um, the math results were devastating. The steepest decline ever recorded. Okay, <sighs> Math scores for eighth graders, proficiency 26%. That's one out of four eighth graders are proficient in math. For third, uh, eighth graders, I'm sorry. And for fourth graders, one out of three, 36%. Proficient wow. in math. And I'm sorry, but life... Has a lot of math in it, and it, and and I'll be honest with you because um, as a kid I was dyslexic. Math was hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so for me because I keep transposing. So I understand that it's not a fun subject for a lot of people. But I will be honest to tell you that uh, today I'm keeping the books for my husband and my mm-hmm. businesses and everything else. Why? Because nobody let me off the hook. That's right. And and we have a son who had. Math learning disability, reading learning disability, and writing learning disability. And he is a successful businessman, does his own books, does his own everything. He reads everything. Um, He prefers to type, which is good because his writing is still hard to read. But these kids taking this test for reading, 33% of fourth grades are proficient in reading and 31% of eighth grades. So they're dropping. My Lord. And the trend was to was going down anyway before the pandemic, but now now it's much lower. Who's going to lead this country? Who's going to be able to have any kind of logical debate or even know what's going on? Um, so, so that's why we're starting a new school, which you haven't asked, which we haven't talked about. But no, we are going to be because because yeah. I have to tell you, folks these these figures are. Uh, I, catastrophic. That's the only word I can come up with. These figures are catastrophic, and they're not getting better. And I know a lot of people are going, "Oh, it's the pandemic." No, no, no. this was happening before. No, it's just worse. And and there's another thing that I want them to understand, and then I'm going to do an obscene profit break here. But if your child is coming home and your child is coming home, and all you're looking at is the grades, I want to tell you right now, you cannot count that because there is something out there called grade inflation. Oh yes. Because what we want is what we have is we have teachers who may. Uh, some of them are just giving grades out like popcorn, but there's others who do wish to 
hold children accountable and do wish to funk kids and they're not being allowed to because it dings the school. So the administrators come in and tell them, you can't do that. So if all you're gauging your child's success from is their grades, you have another thing coming because your child is not proficient. We're going to get right back to that. But the first thing we have to do is... Thank everybody for going to Southtown Poorhouse, where every day is a great day at Southtown Poorhouse. I want you to stop in for your favorite drinks and, of course, happy hour, where you can buy one app and get one half off every day from 6 to 8 p.m. And you can't forget about $3 burgers on Tuesdays and the awesome steak specials on Thursday from 5 to 8. Make sure to check out SouthtownPoorhouseGF.com to find out when your favorite band is playing live. Look at Slip for Band, it says. So here we are, all right? That looks like uh, on the 114, it's DJ and the Atomics. And I don't know about the rest of you, but I really like that band. And 113 is Sushi Roll, so you can see two great bands. And live music is always fun. So every day is a great day at Southtown Poorhouse, which is located at 2015 Library Circle next to the Grand Cities Mall. Open Tuesday through Saturday from 4 p.m. to 2 a.m. And folks, they are looking to hire. But I want to get back to these poor grades. And the one thing I really wanted to talk to you about today, besides the gobbledygook that's going on in our schools and the fact that uh, we no longer have uh, control of them, the inmates are in charge of the asylum, (laughs) is the options people have. And you and I have talked before about homeschooling. And I know that there's a lot of people out there that are interested in homeschooling, but the one thing that's standing in their way is they're unsure how to go about it, they don't know if they're qualified to teach their child, et cetera, et cetera. Can mm-hmm. you kind of segue into that? We'll get back to some of this other stuff because it's important. But I want to let people know they have an option. Yes. We're starting what's called the Life STEM Academy in Grand Forks. There is one in Moorhead that's been very successful. They started with six students in August. They have 100 students now. Awesome. And this is a hybrid program. And the founder is Amos Tarfa from Nigeria, and he moved to the United States and was appalled at the level of education our kids had. Okay. Can I stop you for just a second? Because I want to point out to everybody, it takes a Nigerian immigrant to come to the United States to tell us how poorly we are educating our children. I just want that to sink in, people, because this is how bad we've become. Because we are arrogant enough to think it's the opposite. We do. Um, but those, those kids score well in the 80 to 90 percentile in Nigeria, the ones that are in school. So this man came and has a dream that students will have a safe environment where they can uh, fulfill their potential, where they can use their God-given gifts and, and learn. So this is called a hybrid school, and it's a combination of classroom education and online teaching with a biblical worldview foundation. And those who believe differently than that, they're welcome to come and to learn, and we will respect their views, but they will still be exposed to morals and ethics in a safe environment. You know, and and that's the one thing that's missing in today's school, because it's all about not judging someone. Well, life judges you. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know how we can get by with it. So we're going to start with part of the hybrid school model is that the the parents are in control. Of course, the parents choose the classes, and we're going to do a Monday, Thursday, like 9 to 2.30, and Wednesday for electives or extracurricular activities. If there's more kids, we'll do a Tuesday, Friday with the same. There will be an option down the road, uh, not too far, for five days for parents who work full-time. So I'm excited. I'm very excited. I was in a prayer group, and as we were praying, I, now I know what people say when they say they, they heard they heard something. And I stopped, and I said, I was just told, just heard, not audibly, we have to stop blaming parents. We have to come alongside them. We have to facilitate their ability to get their kids in a safe environment to learn. And so the very next day I was put in touch with Amos. Just thank you, God. It was nothing. I knew anything about what he was doing. Um, And it's just rolled since then. That was in November, and we're almost ready to start. Excellent. Um, When students 
what they need is inspiration and they need vision and they need to know who they are and what kind of path, career path, what their interests are. So there's going to be a strong emphasis on math and science, the history behind it, um, world and American history, literature. We have volunteers from the community who are, everyone's going to have background checks, um, but these are professors, engineers, nurses, mechanics, FIAD teachers, people that want to give of their experience and knowledge to these kids. And so um, there is a full curriculum. This is totally 100% legal in North Dakota. I was going to ask that. Mm-hmm. And um, because it's the hybrid model, you know, it's not saying we're a public school, we're a five-day accredited school. We'll get to accreditation, but we don't need it right now. Um, because we're going to start with the Monday, Thursday, Wednesday, the homeschool schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, and there will be online. And I know there's parents that think, I can't do it, I can't afford it, I have to work every day, and that's why we're going to take into consideration um, income levels, scholarships. We're looking for donors for scholarships um, so that any child whose parents want them to be in a different environment can do so. Is there any option for um, someone to go part-time or something like that? Uh, how long do they have to sign up or, or, or cost? Just to kind of let people have an idea. Or, and then I'm going to also ask you, who do they contact? Okay. Yes, there is. They can pay tuition for 12 months for the Monday, mm-hmm. Thursday, with Wednesday um, for tutoring or extracurricular activities. They can... Pick, I only need math help for my students, so I'm going to get them into the math classes. And math is is huge because science and a lot of things rest on that. Um, Many careers rest on math. So the tuition will be right now $3,000 for 12 months. It can be paid in full. It can be paid in monthly. And then if you don't feel like you can afford that, parents can work off some hours by volunteering at the school We're going to have scholarships available in a sliding fee scale. We want kids to be here um, in a safe, enriched environment. Well, you know, that's something I'm really glad you said, and I'm I'm going to bounce a little bit here because this is important too because you mentioned that they're going to have background checks and you want a safe environment. And I want people to understand we don't always know who's watching our children. Hundreds of Chicago teachers and school employees have been accused of grooming, sexually assaulting, and raping students, an inspector general report reveals. Um, Actually, this is just during the 2021-22 school year, and alarming findings were exposed at the Chicago Public Schools office. So... These are the people that are in charge. Now, just so you have an idea, there were a total of 470 sexual allegations last year, just last year alone in the Chicago public schools. And uh, of those cases, they opened up 447 cases investigating teachers for potential sex crimes. It was opened 1,735 cases following allegations reported by students, alumni, parents, staff, and others. Of those, it has closed a total of 1,384 cases, raising concerns of adult-on-student sexual misconduct and substantiated policy violations in 302 investigations. In the past four years, only 16 criminal charges have been filed against teachers and others in this school system. Wow. What is wrong with those numbers, people? So uh, when I see stuff like this, not only are our children not being taught and being taught the incorrect thing, we have so hypersexualized our kids that nothing is being done. And this is in the public school system. And if you think it doesn't happen here, people, got a word for you. It's silly, does. silly you. Yeah. And in sexual assaults, sexual encounters affect the brain differently mm-hmm. than other kinds of experiences. Um, I'll say women and girls, they know exactly where they were and where what was going on when they got pinched or when they got harassed or when something worse happened. And now it's happening in the schools, in the locker rooms, in the bathrooms, on teachers' desks. Oh, good grief. And, and the books show how to do it, what kind of toys to use. Um, well, and kids have got to be so confused because school and a teacher, 
there's a reason why even in college, most colleges have regulations about teachers dating students. It's because yep. of the power structure. Yeah. And as I said, you're, you're handing over your kids to these individuals, many oftentimes, if, especially in grade school and middle school and stuff, in the same classroom yes. for hours at a time. So your kid is, is being held hostage legally by this individual, and if they have nefarious ideologies, you have just handed your kid to a sexual predator and walked away. And, it, and this exposure to, to the books and to videos and early porn makes them very susceptible to child trafficking because they're desensitized. They don't recognize now, I will say there are wonderful teachers out there. Absolutely. And in Grand Forks, many have walked away because they can't, in good conscience, stay in an environment with that. Some cannot walk away because of finances or whatever's going on with them. Um, but they seem to be afraid to speak up. And that's one of the tools the enemy's using is you're a moron, you don't care, whatever words, names they call you, and then people back down in our silence. You're, you're either racist, misogynistic, you're homophobic. I mean, pick, 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 your, pick your power. Um, I, I remember when, when I was in college, we had an in-service, and we spent 45 minutes, which I will never get back in my life, discussing pronouns. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. Serious, serious, okay? And... I, this is at a, at a college level where we've got kids in their 20s, all right? So I can't even begin to imagine what it must be like for a kid in grade school, middle school, high school to have to be dealing with this. And then, as you said, you're already vulnerable, and you are looking for validation mm -hmm. at that age. You, you are more wanting to be part of the crowd and, and have everything that you do validated. You want to get the attaboys, the girls, And so we, we are looking at, at doing just horrible things to these kids. And this school that you're bringing up here would be an answer for a lot of parents who are worried but who have been told and told repeatedly that that's not happening here. Right, right. And they need... They need to be aware that it is happening here. I've been in three high schools in the last two weeks, um, not all in Grand Forks. And it's the closer you get to the bathrooms, the more posters, the more information there is on, on tra transforming to a different sex, to be a boy if you are a girl, um, LGBTQ rainbow posters in the schools. I didn't see any straight posters. Oh, God, no. We, we, nothing why, why would we nothing like that. that. But that constant exposure makes them feel that that's the norm. Now, am I correct? Because I know when, uh, when I was a kid, it was tough to concentrate anyway yeah. on the basics, like getting your good grades and everything else, because there's all kinds of stuff going on around you. And now we've added this to the mix. What, what are the odds that besides the fact that we're not teaching it correctly, we aren't teaching proper English, proper math and stuff, that we are messing with our kids' heads so that even if they were in a good environment, it's going to take them a while to catch up to learn. Yeah, and, and the kids that have been exposed to this, which is all of them, um, but those who have more or less bought into it. For example, I have grandsons, and they say, ah, we stay at this end of the hall, which means they're not, they're not going there. They're not involved. Um, they're avoiding, basically. And if they can do that, they can continue to focus on their math and reading mm -hmm. or whatever. Of course, a lot of it has to do with help at home. Um, if they have homework and it's not being done, if they have online classes and they're not looking at them. Uh, one of my grandsons said, I had the most wasted day. We had two concerts, which was good, at uh, nursing homes, and three hours at the mall with no assignment. He said, I don't like shopping. I didn't wait, wait, have wait, money wait. to spend. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, three hours... At the mall for curriculum. And what yeah. was the basis of this? Did they, did they tell the kids why they did that? No, he had no idea. He had no idea. I said, <sighs> did you do any projects about percentage off or compare prices? No, we were just at the mall. I bought lunch and that was it. Okay. And he recognized it. He said, my afternoon was wasted. But do you know how many kids would just be woohoo? I mean, seriously. Yeah, yeah they're not in class. 
So, um, so what else does this, this school bring to the table? Let me just tell you what. Let me do this break really quickly for executive properties. And um, can you take it away for me? Our team of professionals at Executive Properties Construction have over 30 years of experience. We pride ourselves on doing quality work at a reasonable rate for our customers. Just check out what past customers have said in our amazing Google reviews. Then contact us today to get started on a bid for your next project. You can call us at 701-330-1273 or email info at executiveproperties.org. And check it out. We're hiring. We're building our new team for snow removal for this upcoming season. Contact Jess for more info at jess at executiveproperties.org. Okay, we're back. And trust me, those boys do snow removal, which is something we could all be using today. <laughs> so, Jean, what else can you tell me about this, this school? Because it sounds like an answer for a lot of parents who are probably understanding that there's something wrong. But what what do I do now? Okay, so... If you go to Life Academy, let me get it right. Yep, that's okay. Let me okay. get it right. Life Academy, lifestemacademy.com. Perfect. There is, on that website, it'll say Grand Forks now. That's new. If you go to the Enroll button and you float over that, you can pick Grand Forks, and then there's an enrollment form comes up. You can fill that out just so... We know you're interested. Even if you want to volunteer, just go ahead and fill that out until the volunteer form gets put up. But that will give us an idea that you have a student that you're interested in and you can um, be contacted. You can also email. Um, you can email me, gene.gullix at gmail.com or uh, marylindietrich at gmail.com. We're working in the ground, setting up the Grand Forks one. Wonderful. And then Amos Tarfa is in Moorhead. And if you just look for his name on Facebook or whatever, you'll see videos of the teaching Can that's you spell done. T-A-R-F-A, is it? T- Amos Tarfa, T-A-R-F-A, number one, the numeral one, okay. at gmail.com. Excellent. And we're in the process of getting the professional websites. But let me just tell you um, the mission statement. Yep. To inspire students to become well-rounded, lifelong learners who flourish with the gifts they have been blessed with. We believe that the Bible speaks to all aspects of life, and we want our students to see how truth affects knowledge and understanding. So courses are from kindergarten math to calculus, and a lot of the kids, um, I met two 14-year-olds who already have college credit because they can take it for dual credit. He is going to present an ACT and SAT prep course here in Grand Forks um, for for college-bound students, and that will be on January 28th. Okay. Um, if you want to volunteer or be involved in the school at all, we're going to have a meeting the 16th, which is Martin Luther King Day, in the morning, and then one on the 23rd or 26th, and that will be dated, or you can request um, through the emails. He believes, and I do too, why waste the summers? Yeah. So we'll have summer camp. Um, some students may choose to take a full math course during the summer. And we're not going to offer every course in the curriculum initially because it depends on volunteers and who's there. But we have engineers, doctors, nurses. Um, I listed some of them before. Teachers, just uh, professors, a whole slew of people who are counting themselves as in. Well, you know, it's it's interesting because you guys are taking us backwards to a good spot mm-hmm. where we were. Because, for example, um, right now what we have is a Virginia Lieutenant Governor Winston Sears is speaking out against a Virginia high school. Thomas Jefferson High School for Science and Technology reportedly should have notified students who had received merit awards based on their performance in the classroom. The National Merit Scholarship Corporation presents these awards. But students have not been given notice because it's an equality. 
thing. This is mm. not a one-time arrow. It's a systemic pattern of injustice, and it's been occurring since 2017, where students have been withheld those honors from National Merit Scholarship Corporation and were not notified because they say it's the school's policy on equality. So in other words, you're going to punish the kids yep. that are doing well. And that, to me, this is a trend that I've seen going on yep. and on, and I have to think you have too. Yes, and, and the schools are taking away the AP courses and the gifted programs because not everybody qualifies for them. Well, you know what? Not everybody qualifies for special ed either. So we have to let students reach their potential. And when they're held back... I, I know a second grader who was told in January, no, there are no more books for you to read. You've completed them all. Well, the library was full, and he was at a fifth-grade le- reading level, and he wasn't allowed to check them out. Fortunately, he had parents who had books at home, Yes, and he read. But kids need to be learning not only at the level they're at, but they need to be pushed to be motivated, to be inspired to learn for the sake of learning and mastering Materials. Well, I know I could read quite well when I entered school, and um, I do have to admit, even back then, which was the the sixties, it frustrated my teachers because I was so far advanced mm-hmm. from the other kids that I actually, you know, was bored. Yeah. And so, rather than just giving me a more advanced book and sitting me in a corner and saying, "Just read your little heart out," I actually was penalized because I'm like. See Jane Run. I was reading Treasure Island, and they're on See Jane Run. And yeah. so you can imagine my frustration. But they weren't handling it well even back then. I can't even begin to imagine what they're doing now. Well, they were doing okay in a decade ago, maybe, with the, um, the, class, the enrichment classes. Mm-hmm. Now, some high school kids can get AP credit for college. This school will offer dual credit. And some of the kids will have 60 college credits before they're done with with school, which saves on tuition. How cool is that? Big time. So they go into college as juniors. Um, We're going to do things with career preparation, about a half hour weekly for as long as they're in school with us so that they know what different careers are. They could shadow, like they could come here and shadow you for for an hour. Mm -hmm. Um, So they know what they like and what they don't like because... Thinking about it is different than doing it for most. Well, I have to ask you a question on that, because when my kids came to me, they're in their 20s and stuff, and the one thing that I found myself doing was remedial work on this, and this is funny, basic home accounting, you know, mm-hmm. balancing the checkbook, making sure that you have a budget set up. Uh, I actually taught them not just basic food preparation, but Knife yep. and fork placement, you yep. know, in case you're out on a business meeting, you need to know which fork to pick up, what to do with the napkin. We covered all of that stuff, too. And they looked at me and said, you know, somebody should have been doing this for us in high school. Yeah. Is there going to be coverage of stuff like that as well? Yes, and, and we have um, what we call the four C's, and one of them is career preparation. Mm-hmm. Um, the top one is Christ Exalted. Content mastered, not just for grades. And in the electives... Um, they can take like a, I'm going to be really old-fashioned and say like a home ec class. Um, they have a crochet club. They have a chess club. Um, any kind of club the kids are interested in that is feasible in the space that we'll have. Um, we want these students to transform the cult- culture wherever they go. Good character. Love one another. Um, so, yes, as a matter of fact, my father was a professor at the university, and he took all the seniors to the student union, it was white linen tablecloths, three knives or three forks and two spoons or whatever, and he taught them how to eat yep. so that they weren't embarrassing themselves at job interviews. They weren't allowed to wear their caps in class. You know, those they had to be on time or the door was locked. Those are things we need to know to live as a... A, a productive a, member of society. Right. Not just exist within society. Yeah. And be told that it doesn't matter what you do because the world revolves around you. Yeah. And we're not going to have janitorial staff, so it's part of learning how to take care of property and is volunteering to clean or being on a list to clean up the lunchroom. You know, that's Japanese. The Japanese students 
take care of the schools. They clean the bathrooms. They, they serve the lunch. They make the lunch and everything else. Everybody has that task. And no one's looked down on it no. uh, for, for doing that. It's, it's be part of being a functional member of society is understanding that everybody has different jobs. And the other fun thing I liked about it is you're a lot more respectful of, other, of the property around you when you might be the next one having to clean it. That's, that's right. And when I ask kids that I see in counseling, you know, what kind of chores do you do? They, they, they look at me and say, chores? Like, are you assigned the dishes? Do you vacuum? Do you make your bed? Do you clean your bathroom? What? They're not doing chores. Not everybody, but most of the kids I see. Um, and the parents look a little sheepish, and I put that as one of the goals before I see you next time. I want to see what your chore list is and how well you got it done. Um, because that's being responsible. You can't expect them to keep their rooms neat if they don't know what neat means. Well, they don't know how to vacuum. And you mentioned home ec, but uh, the kids that I talked to a lot of times in my classes had no idea how to cook. Oh, right. Had no idea how to sew. Honest to gosh, I even had some that had no idea how to do laundry because mm-hmm. they were still taking stuff home to mom and dad. And this is not how you prepare a kid to go out and no. grab the world by the horns, people. And I heard a statistic yesterday, and I'm not going to be able to say the percentage, but the, the percentage of 20 to 28-year-olds who are living at home is huge. It's over 50%. Now, when I raised my boys... We raised them to go on to something different when they were 18. And they both chose college, which is fine. They're, they're doing well in their careers. But they didn't live at home. They, one lived in, well, they both lived on campus for a couple of years. They need to know how to be independent and how to get these things done, solve problems on their own. That's, that's the key. You mentioned it, critical thought. Um, we aren't teaching people to do things on their own. My husband and I own rental properties, and we have we have renters. And honest, okay, so this I shouldn't laugh, but but there was a they had a, too many things plugged into an outlet in the kitchen, and so every time they would do the microwave, it would mm-hmm. send off the the. The, the fuses, I call them fuses, but the circuit yeah. breakers and things like that. And serious to gosh, um, the, the lady's husband, God bless him, actually said to her, well, what you have to do is you have to make sure that it's plugged in and it has to marry to that outlet. And as soon as it gets used to that outlet, then that won't happen anymore. Whoops. <laughs> I, I think I, he's going to be blowing fuses for a long time. I just... I never knew that, but uh, I mean it, the the convoluted, yeah. and and then of course what's the, the very next thing they did? Of course they called called my husband who comes over and says, "Well, just move that outlet, you know, move, yeah. plug that in over there, plug that in there, problem solved." Yeah. But we're looking, we're raising kids who are looking to everyone to do everything except put the spoon in their mouth, and in some cases that as well. Yeah. And if you're looking to enslave a population. Those are the people you want. Yeah, yeah, and we're we, we're going to have a logic class and debate because you just can't say I God no you're you. wrong. You have to stand up. You have to know why you think you're right or why you think they're wrong. God you have you. to know the facts. And debate club will probably end up happening. It's a wonderful. I, I spent a lot of years in debate and speech, and uh, the the one thing that I told my students was. Uh, your opinion's wonderful, but unless you can tell me factually how you came to that opinion, it don't mean diddly. Yeah. So while you have an opinion, prove to me what rationale you came to arrive at this mm-hmm. conclusion based upon what factual evidence, because I feel so, doesn't doesn't impact yeah. me. And and I'm really tired of, of the public schools basing everything on how someone feels. feels. On their emotions, Yep. And telling them how they feel. If you were, if you were um, a tomboy in the 60s, you got to be a girl who liked to play. And the boys would pick you to be on their rugby team or whatever. If you're a tomboy now, you're taken into art club and talked about, really, you probably were born in the wrong body. God made no mistake. You're preaching to the choir here because I'm a tomboy still at 67 mm-hmm. years old. I'm still doing yeah. the things yeah. the boys <laughs> like to do. But, but I have very 
glad I'm a girl. And we don't seem to be catching on. Sweden's National Board of Health and Welfare published new treatment guidelines for trans-identifying minors, and it's the polar opposite of what's being pushed by the Biden administration. So they have found out in Sweden that if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it doesn't necessarily become a zebra yes. <laughs> overnight. Yes. And, and we, don't, we seem to be continuing to push this self-affirming, self-identified gender in kids that are so young. They yeah. have no concept. And I just don't understand why we in the United States are moving at such a snail's pace to go back off this. We're going backwards. I mean, if you look, if you look at the statistics for decades... At 2%, there's a straight line on the chart. Picture a straight line. And all of a sudden, within the last 10 years, it spikes up 400%. That means an event happened. You don't all of a sudden go from 2% of the population, LGBTQ, to 400% or whatever it went up to. Um, But it spiked over 400% of what it had been. That means an event happened. And all I can think of is the event that happened was the woke movement not letting people be who they are, pushing them, grooming them, changing them, when they're too young to have that kind of critical thinking skills. And they shouldn't be exposed to it anyway. And, and don't tell your parents. See, that's, that to me was, was my first warning sign because that's the first rule for groomers. Don't tell anybody. Yep. Don't tell your parents. That's the first rule groomers drill into their kids. And it terrified me when I heard that they were allowing that. And that's why kids are being sex trafficked more and more and more. One of the reasons, because they're told not to tell. And it's hidden. Ugh, I just... Ugh, ugh. I'm going to do my last profit margin break here for Life Vantage. And I'm going to ask people, do you take collagen? Have you heard about the one-of-a-kind collagen? This collagen not only replenishes your body, but helps your body create its own collagen using natural products and maintains it. To find out more about this amazing product, contact Stephanie Krenelka and Life Vantage. For more, more information, check out stephk.lifevantage.com or text 701-230-9306 or email skbesthealth at gmail.com. Biohack your life with LifeVantage, and you can even click on the link on gfbestsource.com and take yourself directly to LifeVantage, so it's easy-peasy. Even a computer illiterate like me can do it. <laughs> Woo! So, Jean, tell me a little bit more about what's going on and, and how easy this is probably going to be once we, we get a the, the toughest part for me, I think, is going to be getting the word out. Yeah, and, and it's amazing because... Already from Grand Forks, two families have contacted Amos awesome. and are ready to start. Um, we are going to have a meeting. He's going to come up here with his academic dean, and they're going. To, it's going to be for parents, people who want to volunteer, teachers, um, and that'll be the twenty third or twenty sixth of January. We'll have to. If they yeah. go to the website, it'll be it, more. It'll oh, be okay, perfect. Yeah, it'll be on there. He just had to check his schedule. And if you want to see how he teaches and the dynamics of this and what he's teaching our volunteers, um, we're going to have our own styles. Nobody else is ever going to be Amos. But um, to have the the basic, this is what works. He's written many, many math books. He's a medical physicist going on to get his Ph.D. in chemistry. Wow. Yeah. And um, so the website will have that updated. Other things that you can do are just reach out to one of us um, with those email addresses that I that I gave you. Um, I don't know if they could be printed someplace. Well, or... you know, maybe maybe what we can do is, uh, and I'll check, maybe we can get the addresses up on the Facebook page because I have my own Facebook page now, Common Sense Uncensored at Facebook, so I would think we might be able to get them out there for you for today's show and things, and that will help parents and other listeners who might be involved with with this show yeah. to be able to contact you because I have to tell you I have also taught homeschool kids in a in a co-op environment not this one but in another environment and it was one of the uh, the most rewarding things not that my 20 years teaching college wasn't but I have to tell you when I left college I was tired because mm-hmm. it, it was becoming yeah more remedial more remedial more remedial and and I I just I didn't leave because I was done teaching. 
I left because I was frustrated. And when I had the opportunity uh, to, to teach some homeschool students and stuff, I have to tell you, it. if you're thinking of volunteering, I would highly suggest you contact Jean and some of these people and give it a shot because these kids are different. These kids want to learn. Yeah. They're respectful little individuals, and they're hard workers. And I'm not saying that the kids that I had in my classes weren't. But as the at the end of my twenty years, I could see a difference from when I'd started, and yeah. uh, and for those of you who are dedicated at, to teaching, this may be an answer for you that that Jean has got going for you. Yeah, and it, if you don't feel like you can teach, there will be teacher training, but there's also tutor, tutoring one on one. There's the um, extracurricular, the clubs. There's administrative stuff. There's any number of things, and and I'll also put out another plug for donors. And the donors, donation monies that will come in will help not only with building expenses, but especially with scholarships. Now, I have to ask you, because I don't know, are you, uh, would it be a 501c3 or whatever, a nonprofit, so that if somebody does donate, that it's maybe a tax deduction or or anything like that? Has that been set up at all? It hasn't been set up yet. The one in Moorhead is an LLC. Okay. Um, so I'm not sure what which direction we're going to go with that. Okay. Yeah. Well, it just, you know, it's just another avenue and things, but I just... I just can't begin to tell people enough that there's so many things that we've had to take the reins of ourselves these days. Mm-hmm. And the education and the education of your child, your grandchildren and stuff is certainly something that once again, maybe back when um, I went to school and stuff, uh, you were comfortable dropping your kid off and picking him up and knowing that things were going to get accomplished. And in many cases, that is no longer of an availability, whether it's because of the administration uh, or or whatever, Houston, we have a problem. Yes, and and ladies and gentlemen, we need to start looking for different avenues, and we need to start taking responsibility for educating our own children. And I understand it bites because you have to pay taxes that educate other people's yeah. children. And I will tell you, I'm 67 years old. I do not have any children. I have played. Plenty of taxes for yeah. other people's children throughout my life. What bothers me is when I know that tax money isn't right, getting me the bang for my buck. And they're spending more money per student than they ever have. The other thing I want to say is if anyone is aware of a location where we could have like five classrooms, um, we're looking. We're looking for space. Awesome. So they can contact yep. you with that yep. too. And we are not in competition with Holy Family, St. Mary's, uh, Riverside. This is a different setup, a different program. And those schools will be filled and ours will be filled because there's that many students that need it. Well, it's it's surprising. I, the number of parents that have gone to the school board and basically been told sit down and shut up. Uh, when teachers from the system here have gone to school boards, and been told, quite frankly, to sit down and shut up. You have three minutes. Mm-hmm. You know someone's not listening when you're up there talking and their comment to you after you've unloaded, basically opened up your heart and said something as a teacher. You have th- your three your time minutes. Is your, up. your time is up. Yeah, I spoke to the school board several times, and you can see the total disrespect, the eyes rolling, the... And and I don't know. There might have been one or two that were listening, but they were watching their watches. They they did not respond. By law, they're supposed to respond to our questions, and they never did. They, they basically said, well, we'll let the silly person talk, and then we'll move on to something that's constructive, which is totally not just dismissive, but insulting. Well, they I was insulted. Okay, do you have anything new to say? Well, I wouldn't be here if I was just going to repeat the same old stuff. You know, here's the funny thing I always found. They're all worried about everybody else being offended. But when it's somebody that's a conservative or something like us, they don't give a damn if we're offended or no, not. No, We're just, we're just, oh, aren't you just precious? You just yeah. have that wonderful wrong attitude. And well, I guess we have to give you the amount of time that we've allotted. But after that, yeah. we would just really prefer you sit down. You know, Jean, I have to tell you, I commend you so much because um, you care, and and it's it's very Im- important and it's very impressive to me because I, I I've deal- dealt with a lot of people who have said they care, mm-hmm. and I'm very good at reading people and body language and stuff like that, and uh, I'm so used to the virtue signaling that goes on today, yeah, and 
people, Jean's the real deal. She's doing this because uh, this is an important thing to her, and I think it's also important or I wouldn't be having her on the show. And, Jean, if you could do me a quick favor, if you would be so kind as to can you dig through your notes and just give us those emails and stuff again? So, Because uh, people are probably like me. They don't sit around with a pencil and paper. Yeah. And we can get that out to them again. So the website is lifestemacademy.com. And you can look on that and find Grand Forks. Or look at the Fargo, look at the Moorhead and you'll see things that they're doing there. Then my email is gene.gullix at gmail.com. And then there's Amos. Tarfa, T-A-R-F-A, number one, at gmail.com, and Mary Lynn Dietrich at gmail.com. Perfect. So what I'm also going to tell you is you can go out to Common Sense Uncensored. Yes, it's spelled funny, the last word, um, and on Facebook. And if you want to IM me or leave me a message or something, I will also see that you get that. If we can't get it up on the Facebook page, contact me. I'll get Jean's information and stuff out. And, Jean, is there anything else you'd like to end with uh, just a heartfelt thing about the counseling, the, the school, or anything like that? You know, there, there isn't a parent around that doesn't want the best for their children. And I, I, just, I just pray every day that the parents' eyes will be open, that they will believe in what their gut is telling them. You love your kids. You are your number one advocate for those kids. They have one chance at a good education, which leads to a good life. And I just, um, I just pray that your children are getting that, that they're reading and doing homework. They're not on social media all the time. We didn't even touch on that, the damage that has done, especially to girls, depression and anxiety. Um, most kids are resilient, but when it's a day after day after day assault on them, I don't think they're going to rebound. Um, I know they're not if they're exposed to the graphics. Well, we're not things. teaching coping skills either. No. No. Um, but I believe in parents. I believe in teachers. I think teachers have no intention when they went either. into the field of hurting children. But they get caught up in the culture. They get caught up in the, uh, what do you call the teachers, NEA. Yeah, I was going to say the NEA is, is one of my biggest uh, oh, horror shows because they're one of the, the most pr- promoting this. And one way to get people to do what they want is to threaten if you don't teach this, you lose your job. And believe me, they threaten. Yeah. Believe me, they do. Well, Jean, thank you very much. I can't uh, begin to tell people how important this is, that they realize this is happening, not just in uh, the big cities like Chicago and stuff, and not just even in the bigger cities like Grand Forks and Fargo. Mm-hmm. It's also happening in the, some of the smaller communities as well. It's uh, either cleverly hidden or it is, uh, as we have said, don't tell your parents time. So we want to make sure that uh, you have some options out there. If you have any questions or concerns, I urge you to contact me or contact Jean, and we'll see what we can do to help you through with this. And I have one more announcement to make. Some of you probably watched my past show where I talked to a young man who was in the Air Force in Korea and was refusing the jab and had henceforth been uh, pretty much ostracized. He was requested a religious exemption and was supposed to have been asked, uh, answered in 90 days. By the time I got involved, it had already been nine months. And he was stuck in Korea, and he was supposed to be transferred back to the United States, and they were refusing to transfer him back to the United States to his next post because he hadn't been jabbed and some other stuff. And uh, he had been told that uh, there was this reason and that reason and this reason and that reason that he couldn't get what he wanted and stuff. So I did a second show with his mother, and I am pleased to say that uh, we happened to send that show directly to uh, Senator Kramer, to which I said, you might want to get in front of this. And John is home. He has been honorably discharged, and he was home Christmas Eve. I was shooting to get him home by Christmas. So, folks, you did this. You called. You were concerned. You uh, reached out and touched some of our representatives who were not doing what they were supposed to be doing, representing us and certainly supporting our military. So God bless you all. Thank you all so much. You are my warriors. Everybody, have a wonderful, wonderful week. Take care.